Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway continues our new series, Squad Up, talking about how we all need community. Dallas talks about how we can do for others what God's done for us by knocking down walls and extending forgiveness to restore relationships. We look at Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 19, and how Jesus paves a way for reconciliation. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, Guys, we are in week two of this series, Squad Up. It goes along with our week two of small groups. Remember I told you last week, you can expect every year around this time, we're going to be talking about uh, small groups, talking about community, and uh, talking about how we can live in healthy community, in community that looks like the, the type of friendships, relationships that God has invited us into with himself and with others. So we're going to talk this morning about something that you, you may be able to apply in your small group right away today, but you for sure may need to apply it at some point in your small group. Uh, and 100% for sure, you will need to apply this in your relationships with all kinds of people, with your, with your friends, with your family, at some point in your life and to different degrees in your life, right? So we're going to be talking this morning from Ephesians chapter 2, and you'll understand why I'm kind of saying all those things in just a few minutes. So if you have your Bibles or your digital Bibles, turn there, scroll there, click there, tap there, however however it works today in 2020, right? And as you guys are going there, I want to tell you a little bit about my college experience. And I know that college is, is a little ways away, like five years at minimum for, for you guys, right? Six or seven years if you are in seventh or sixth grade. But when I went to college, I went to North Greenville University, all right? So if you're already thinking about college, I don't really know why, because you're in middle school, okay? You don't need to think about it just yet. But uh, if you're thinking about North Greenville, I give it two thumbs up or maybe like a thumb and a half up. I had a great experience there. Uh, Definitely some things that could be different, but it it was a great four years for me. And when I went as a freshman, my very first year at North Greenville, I went in and I roomed with one of my best friends at the time, still a great friend today. His name is Jake. And I roomed with Jake and we lived in, we lived like in a little house. It was in this area of North Greenville called Crusader Court. And because Crusaders were our mascots, and so they kind of name things after your mascots and different things on campus. And so I lived in Crusader Court with Jake, and we lived in one room of this little house where we had five or six guys in there. And uh, Jake, so I'm like 5'2", five 5'3", five on a good day, okay? Jake is, he's a football player. He's not like a big, huge, beefy, you know, offensive line football player, but he was 6'2", so he had like a foot on me, and he's, you know, definitely like a lot more muscular and worked out way more than I did, okay? Um, I've always been more, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a legs guy, okay? I've always had, like, maybe you've noticed, you've looked at me and you're like, man, I think all of Dallas's weight is in his legs. And you would be exactly right. And uh, all my muscles in my legs too. So Jake's like football player, has muscles everywhere, but I at least had my legs and my low center of gravity, right? So what I'm, I'm trying to set up here is that I, I at least felt like I could take Jake in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, so we, we, would, we would get into wrestling matches, okay, from time to time. And here's most of, mostly how it started. Uh, how many of you guys play video games? Like once a week you've, you play a video game or you play a little game on your phone or your mom's phone or whatever. And uh, we played a lot of video games in college, okay, probably too much. And a lot of times we would play video games uh, against each other. And sometimes you may get angry at people when you're playing online against them and you're like, man, I just wish. Well, 
We, we, could, we could just wish and then make it come to reality in Crusader Court in this house with me and Jake, all right? So we would get, like, so frustrated at each other playing games. I'm talking, like, you know, throwing controllers on the couch. Be like, dude, why did you do that, right? Just getting in each other's faces. And every now and then, and I'm not endorsing this, okay? This is just what happened. We would get into, like, we can't settle this in the video game world, so we're taking it to the real world, right? And it's like, we'd get like one side of the room, Jake's on one side of our living room, I'm on the other, we're like taking our shirts off, like this is going down now. I'm not gonna take my shirt off right now, okay? Uh, but you can just picture that in your mind. Imagine me with like, you know, 16 abs, okay? That's exactly what I looked like in college, just kidding. Uh, that was more Jake. But we, we would just like get into it and we're like wrestling and most of the time it was fun. Sometimes it meant couch was being flipped over or we had a couple couches. So a couple couches being flipped over. Sometimes it's we're the ones on the couch like wrestling and we're flipping over with the couch, right? Like we would get into some pretty uh, fun battles. And most of the time it was like, you know, we would end, we'd get up, brush off and be like, bro. And we would just, you know, we're brothers. We love each other. And that was just kind of a fun way to like continue getting our aggression out, I guess. Sometimes though, I mean, I can remember one time specifically as, as a glasses wear, okay. As a glasses wear, one of my worst fears is that my glasses would, would break. Okay. That something would happen to them. And I remember you glasses wearers in the room can relate. And I remember we were wrestling and I didn't take my glasses off for some reason. And all of a sudden my glasses are like flying across the room because of something we just did. And I'm like, no, my glasses. Right. Like, and I'm starting to get really concerned and cry or whatever. And, and things like that, or things like, man, you just gave me an elbow to the eye and it really hurts. Like sometimes when things would get like a little more out of hand, it was like, we're not making up right now. I'm ticked at you right now. Right. And we'd be frustrated and maybe come lunchtime or dinner time or whatever's next. We would, dude, let's just eat some fried chicken together. Right. And make up right here. Uh, Cause that's what you did in college, especially on Wednesdays, fried chicken Wednesdays at North Greenville. It's still a thing. Um, but sometimes we would get angry at each other, frustrated at each other, and there would be like days that went by where we just like, it, it was silly, right? Most of the time it was over something dumb like video games or not to say the video games are dumb, but something that really in the grand scheme of things didn't matter and it would take a while for us to like calm down from our testosterone or something. I don't know what was happening, but it, it would just take a while to come down from the anger and the frustration. And while this is a silly example of like a riff or something in between you and a friend or you and another person, there's obviously more extreme examples or escalating examples that we could talk about, right? This morning, we're talking about those instances where there's something between you and another person or you and a group of people that you just can't quite get past. And maybe it's a lie, like somebody told a lie, whether it was you or the other person, and now there seems to be this barrier, Maybe it was a rumor that started, maybe a true rumor or not, that they started or you started and there's this barrier. Maybe it was a broken promise. Maybe it was a stab in the back, metaphorically, hopefully not for real. Maybe it was an actual fight, right? Like I got into a real fight in elementary school. I'd have to tell you about it sometime. I lost, right? But, but now when you see that person or you think about that person, all these old emotions come back. Maybe for you, it's just how you feel like your brother or sister has treated you or maybe a bully at school. Maybe it's something your parents have done or didn't do that you can't, can't quite drop. And here, here's why I have this stack of beautiful chairs here, right? It's not very tall, but here's what we do when things get done to us or we, we feel like we're wronged, right? 
is we start to slowly but surely build a wall between us and that person. And maybe it does. Maybe it starts out with like a little lie. And, and you can't just, you can't let go of the fact that that person told a lie, even though maybe it was kind of small. But that lie turns into a rumor, right? And that rumor turns into you confronting them about it and they just flat out deny it and now you know that they lied again about it and the wall keeps getting bigger and bigger and while this, this wall of chairs doesn't seem like much, right? And I'll go, look, now it's between me and you guys, right? Or now it's between me and you. But we can build these walls taller and bigger and wider as more and more things take place in our life where we feel like that person wronged us, she said that, he said that, they did this, they did that. And the wall becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And like I mentioned earlier, now whenever you, you don't even have to see that person. You don't even have to smell them, right? But like you just think about them and all these memories, all these pains, all these hurts come rushing back. And maybe that's a sign for you, a red flag. It should be that there's a wall, that there's a rift. And this morning we're going to talk about what needs to be done or really rather what has already been done to do away with these walls, Not just between us and other people, but maybe you can see where I'm going, that we we actually have a wall that's built up like this between us and God. And it's there from the very beginning where we can't be in right relationship with God unless this wall is torn down, right? So two types of walls that we're talking about this morning. Walls between us and other people, what do we do about those? And this big giant wall that's between us and God that's called sin, what do we do with that one? Or what, what's already been done for us on our behalf for that wall, right? So we're going to keep trucking in the book of Ephesians. Chapter 2 is where I had you turn earlier. And remember, this is a book written by Paul, the Apostle Paul. It's a book written to the Ephesians or the church in Ephesus, right? This is one of the early churches, one of the first churches. And here's kind of the new piece I want to add to uh, the context of this book this morning is that it was written to people who were, they were new Christians and before they were Christians, so before they were following Jesus, before they were trusting Jesus with their life, uh, a majority of the people or or let's say like half the people were Jews, all right? They were Jewish Christians. So before they were Christians, they were Jews. They were God's people. They had the right bloodline. Uh, they, they were um, following the rules that God had laid out for them, right? They were Jewish people. The other group of people who were now a part of the church were, it, it was everybody else. And those people were called the Gentiles, right? So The church was now made up of former Jews and Gentiles who are now Christians. And why that's important is because the Jews and the Gentiles, you want to talk about a wall up between people, specifically these two people groups, they had a massive wall that stretched thousands of years and, and one wrong after another, after another, there was hatred, there was frustration, there was anger, there was definitely bitterness and unforgiveness between these two people groups. And now, because of Jesus, they're supposed to be one. They're one church, they're now one group, they're one, they're one body. But these people, why do they hate each other? Well, the Jews, remember, they're God's chosen people. And the Gentiles, according to the Jews, were not. And so the Jews held that over the Gentile heads and said, you're not God's people, we are. You know, they walked around as if they were better than the Gentiles. And the Gentiles, why would they hate the Jews? Well, because they, they were treating the Gentiles like trash, like lesser people. So anybody who wasn't a Jew is considered a Gentile. And they're looking at these people who are stuck up. They think they have it all together. They, 
you know, they're, they're reminding us, we're God's chosen people, you never will be. And there was this rift, this wall between these two people groups. And Paul talks about this rift, talks about this wall, and how, because of Jesus, spoiler alert, it is, it's already been knocked down. So we're going to start in verse 13 of chapter 2, all right? So you got the context, you got the two people groups. Here we go, verse 13. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one, and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. How's he, bro- how's he broken down this wall between the Jews, the Gentiles, between all peoples? By abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God and one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have, one, have access in one spirit to the Father." So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. How has Jesus torn down this wall or made a way for this wall to be torn down between people groups? How has he made a way for them to be, instead of divided, united, and specifically united in him? It's because of his saving work on the cross. He's now made a way where no matter what our differences, no matter what our background, no matter what our likes and our dislikes, no matter where we go to school, no matter what our job is, no, ma- no matter, no matter the things that could, could divide us and that are different about us. At the cross, the ground is even. The ground is level. We all are equal. We all are one. When you trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, remember we talked last week, you become, you become a part of the family of God. And within family, if it's a healthy, if it's a good family, there's no, no time, there's no space for, no, I'm better than you because look where I come from. There, there's, no, we're family. And on the flip side, or on the other side, there's no, no need to hold or build a wall up against a brother or sister because of how they've treated you in the past. Why, why is that the case? Because Jesus at the cross has forgiven all of us of this next thing that we're talking about, this wall between us and God. He's forgiven all of us of our sins. And if we've been forgiven of all of our sins... If we've been forgiven of all the junk in our lives, from from birth, this was an issue. From birth, this wall was between us and God, and yet Jesus made a way, we're gonna see in just a moment in the first verses of chapter two. Jesus made a way that we can be right with God. Now part of the call on our life is to go after the walls that are between us and man and make it right between us and our brothers and sisters. But also, I think this is a truth that stretches beyond just those who are fellow Christians but it also stretches to the person who doesn't yet know Jesus. That for the person who has been forgiven much, that your huge wall has been knocked down, you now can forgive others as well. That those of us who are Christians, what God has done for us that we can do for others. So what's God done for us? If it's not clear yet, let's read in chapter two of Ephesians. We're gonna read these 10 verses and wrap up. For the morning. And you were dead, starting in verse 1 of chapter 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, 
among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. What's it saying in these few verses? Is that you and I, we, we went our own way. We chose our own path. That you and I thought that we knew better than God, and sometimes we still do this, right? That you and I decided that, that God's ways, maybe that they were, they were boring, or that they weren't going to lead to life, and that the world has a better life to offer. And over and over again, we could pile sin upon sin upon sin upon sin, this wall that divides us from God. That's who we were. Or maybe that's who some of you in this room are. For some of you in this room, the wall is still there. You haven't yet accepted the invitation to trust and believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and the wall for you still exists. Maybe this morning is is when things change for you. Here's, at least biblically, where it changes for all of us who trust in him. Verse four, but God, despite this wall that's been built up, despite the times that you and I have turned our backs on God or spit in his face, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is a gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works." which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. How does this wall between us and God get torn down? It happened at the cross. And in a moment for you and I, we can start walking in a life where Jesus eliminates this barrier between us and him when we trust in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. There's something interesting about this chair stack, right? As it is a stack of chairs. And in some way, shape, or form, I think that when this wall gets torn down, the the wall of sin between us and God, the wall of whatever it is between you and another person, what happens is we we now become reconciled to that person or reconciled to God, right? That's a kind of a, a Bible word. We don't use that word much in our lives. But what happens is like, let's just say that me and Jake did have a really tough time together and it took us like days or even weeks to get over it. Once we do, once we both express and accept forgiveness, right? We're reconciled to each other. Our friendship is restored. It's made right. And instead of this wall being between us, it's almost like, I mean, go back to college and the couches that we had in our dorm, right? It's almost like now, man, we're friends again. We can sit together. We can eat together. We can hang out together. There's a table that's been set for us in our friendship, We've been reconciled. Things have been made right. We've been restored to each other. And the same thing is true when it happens with God. That when this wall between us and God is broken down, guess what? You and I can now come and sit at the table with our Father God. That friendship is restored between us and God. Relationship is restored. It's the way that it was meant to be in the first place. And God now says, come. The wall no longer exists between you and me. Sit at my table. We've been reconciled. We've been made right. This relationship has been made whole. And now, remember we just read in verse 10 of chapter 2, now my friend, my son, my daughter, 
Now God's asking us to go and do the same thing that he's done for us for other people. That the good works, part of the good works that he's prepared for us, we read about in verse 10, is that we would offer the same forgiveness that's been given to us now to other people. That the wall that once existed between us and God, now that it's torn down, now part of our role, part of our mission is to go and tear down the walls between us and other people. Now I know for some of you that that the wall might just be four chairs. And four chairs doesn't seem like a lot, but it, it can take time. For others, the, the, the wall literally might be through the roof. The stack of chairs is so high. The list of wrongs is so long. And it may take time. And you may need help. You may need people in your small group to gather around you if this wall between you and another person is ever going to be knocked down. But it's worth it. Because on the other side of the wall is friendship and freedom, wrongs being made right, forgiveness, all of the things that God has called us to live in and walk in. It's worth it to tear down the wall. Jesus has already done it for us. If you believe in him, you trust in him, now part of our call is to do it between us and other people. Let me pray for us. God, we know that in a room this size that there are, there's a wide range of wrongs that have occurred in this room. Some of them are far more serious, uh, far more deep than others. God, I just pray that no matter what uh, comes to our mind when we think about this wall that's between other people, would you, would you remind us of the forgiveness that is found in you? Would you remind us of how tall and how how wide, how massive that wall between us and you was. And that you have forgiven us of all of our sins, past, present, and future. God, would, would we take that mindset, knowing how much we've been forgiven, would you, would you help us do the same for other people? We don't want to walk around with grudges. We don't want to walk around with, um, with walls between us and other people. Help us to be at peace with you and with others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.